All right, take your Bibles, if you will, and turn to John chapter 14 this morning. John chapter 14. You know, I look back in my records, and we started our study of the book of John back in December of 19... Uh, 19. <laughs> Boy, whew, that tells you how old I am. All right, back in 2021, okay, so we've been in, in the study of the, the book of John, the gospel of John, for about 15 months now, we haven't gone through it every Sunday. Of course, there's different, uh, different things where the Lord leads, different holidays or things like that, emphasis that we focus on. But we have been studying through the book of John for about 15 months. So we've finally come to chapter 14. And in this passage of Scripture, really from chapter 13 all the way through chapter 17, is really one big episode that we'll have to be breaking down into smaller pieces because of what Jesus was communicating with his disciples. Now, as we come this morning to these four verses, chapter 14, verses 1, 2, 3, and 4, these are words of amazing comfort. And that's the title of the message this morning, Comfort in Christ. So we have to back up just a little bit. Well, let me, let me read our verses of Scripture together, and then we'll pray, and we'll back up and get the lead-up story. Chapter 14, verse 1, God's Word says, The words of the Lord Jesus Christ as He spoke to His disciples, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in Me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we stand in need this morning of your comfort. Every one of us has a heartache or a burden that we are bearing today. We are needy people and praise you, God, that you are an all-sufficient God. You are able and willing to meet our every need when we turn to you and ask. I thank you, Father, for what you are doing right now in our midst. We thank you for being here. We welcome you into this service, this worship service, for you, for your honor, for your glory. And Lord, as we praise you, we ask that we be pleasing in your sight. Show us the way to be pleasing to you. We give everything to you right now, asking for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Comfort in Christ Jesus. Now, going back to kind of set the stage for where Jesus, what Jesus is saying right here. You go all the way back to where they were in the, the supper. They were celebrating the Passover in the beginning of chapter 13. And during the Passover, Jesus institutes the Lord's Supper. He gives them the cup and He says, This is my blood of the new covenant. 
And then he, he, gives them the, he gives them the bread and says, this is my body that is broken for you. And then he tells them, one of you is going to betray me. And one of them asks, John, the beloved disciple, leans on the breast of Jesus and asks, who is it? Which one of us is going to be the one that betrays you? And Jesus said, it's the one whom I dip the bread and give it to. And of course, it was Judas Iscariot. But now, Jesus tells them, I give you a new commandment. To love one another. In the same way that I have loved you. Remember, Jesus, during the, after the supper, He had washed the disciples' feet. And He told Peter, Peter, He declines, says, No, Lord, you're, you're too good to wash my feet. And Jesus says, No, if I don't wash your feet, then you have no part with me. So Peter says, Look, just wash me all then, because I'm all in. That's just my interpretation. All right? And Jesus says, No, you're all clean. You just need to have your feet washed. So then he tells them, you love one another the way that I have loved you. That's the commandment. Remember, you go and you find out what a, a young man came to Jesus and he asked him, said, what must I do to be saved? And Jesus says, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything is wrapped up into those two commandments. And then he said this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, and Peter, Peter goes, and Jesus says, where I'm going now, you can't follow me. And, Jesus, and Peter says, wait a minute, I'll, I'll go with you anywhere, even unto death. And, and Jesus just, he has just spoken to Peter, you're going to deny me three times before morning, before the rooster crows. And while he's saying that, as he concludes that statement with Peter, he turns right around to the whole group and says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. The comfort that is in Christ. One of those twelve had just been named and had just left out who was going to betray him. And then one of those, Jesus says, you're going to deny me three times before the night's over. And with just a short breath in between, he says, let not your heart be troubled. How amazing is the grace of Almighty God that while Jesus is saying these things, he turns around and says, let not your heart be worried over these things. The first thing that Christ gives us comfort in allows us to be comforted with is faith. Faith. Now think about who he's speaking to. Now these were all Jewish men. They had been raised up as Israelites. Their father was Abraham. Abraham was chosen by God to be a special people that the the people of the Israelites would come from him. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then the twelve sons of Israel. 
They were born into a family of faith. They knew that they had been chosen by God, so they knew and had faith in God because of what God had done in the past. They knew the Old Testament well. They were raised up on the stories that were there, the truths that were there, the commandments. They knew all of those things. They were a people of faith. And Jesus says, you believe in God, believe also in me. That is essential, by the way. It's okay to believe in God. It's, it's wonderful to believe in God, but if you don't believe that Jesus Christ is His one and only Son who came and died for you on the cross and then was resurrected from the, the grave on the third day and is ascended into heaven at the right hand of God, then knowing God is not going to help you. In Jesus Christ is salvation. He is the author and giver of life because of His sacrifice. You see, these guys, these men that Jesus was speaking to, they were a people of faith. He says, you believe in God, you have faith in God, have faith in me. Now, Jesus had said in Matthew chapter 9, He was speaking about faith. And He was talking to someone who was going to be healed. And let me go back and, and let me... Let me tell you this story, or read it to you in verse, chapter 19, verse 27. When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Do you have faith that I am able to do this? Do you believe? They said to him, Yes, Lord. And he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith. According to what you believe, let it be to you. If they didn't believe Jesus could heal them, they wouldn't have been healed. So Jesus says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. So, let's just pretend for a minute. Pretend one of those guys says, well, I believe Jesus can halfway heal me. Either he would have half sight in both eyes or whole sight in one eye and none in the other. But they both believed that Jesus could do it, so both of them were healed. And Jesus says, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Read the next verse. And their eyes were opened because they had faith that Jesus would heal them. Now, I'm not talking about healing I'm not talking about those things. I'm talking about having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ to do what He said He was going to do and will do in you if you believe, if you have faith. Jesus says, you believe in God, that's wonderful, that's good, but believe in Me also. Because with Jesus is salvation. Jesus was talking to the father of a young man that was given to... Uh, given over to an evil spirit, and the spirit would throw him in the fire and sometimes in the water trying to kill him and, and that sort of thing. And the man came to Jesus and said, can, if you can do anything, would you heal my son? And Jesus looked at him and he said, if you can believe, because anything's possible to him who believes. 
So if you can believe, Jesus turned it on him a little bit. The man says, if you can do anything, and Jesus says, well, if you can believe, it can be done. Belief, faith, is the key. Jesus wants you to receive His salvation. But you've got to believe in Him. You've got to have faith in Him. Let me tell you a story about a young man who thought he could do whatever he wanted to do and didn't need anybody else to help him do that. It didn't take too long for him to be humbled because really, truthfully, he couldn't do a whole lot in and of himself. And it was always that he needed some help doing something. But he was hard-headed, and it, stay, it took a, a little bit longer than it should have for that young man to realize he can't do it on his own. But there's someone who wants to help him in everyday process of his life. So he stopped one day and reasoned it out. Is it better for me to be hard-headed and stubborn and do things my own way and mess it up? Or would it be better for me to turn to the author and finisher of my faith and ask Him how I'm to live my life every day and follow Him? And when that young man gave his all to the Lord Jesus, because he was already saved, he was just disobedient and not following Christ, the Lord Jesus made a huge difference in his life. And although things are not perfect, the road is near, not nearly as full of potholes as it used to be. You see, the Lord Jesus makes all the difference, but you've got to believe that He will and that He does. John chapter 3, verse 18, says this. You know what comes before that. John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that, that whoever believes in Him should not... Uh, let me go back. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. And then He says this, He who believes in Him is not condemned. So there it is. Faith. Belief. When you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, there's comfort in what Jesus gives you. He gives you strength. He gives you provision daily. He walks with you. The song that we sang, Walking in the Garden. He walks with you to comfort you along the way. Verse 1, John 14, Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe in me. So comfort comes from faith in Jesus. Faith in, in the fact that He's the Son of God. Faith in the fact that He's the Savior of the world. Faith in the fact that He's the Prince of Peace. Faith your faithful... Comfort in the fact that He has us in His hand. Verse 2, 
Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. There's great comfort in being in the favor of the Lord Jesus Christ. The favor of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, he said this, in my Father's house, in eternity, in heaven, my Father has a great big house. My Father has a great big place. And He says, I'm going to prepare that place for you. <laughs> now, I love you, but you can't move in with me. All right? I love you, but I'm not going to clean up a room and, and put a, make a space for you in my house. But there's comfort in knowing that Jesus has got a place for me. Imagine that for just a moment now. You, whoever you are, whatever your likes and dislikes, whatever your character, whatever... Whatever it is, Jesus has got a place for you. And he says this, it's in my Father's house. The creator of all things has a spot for you. That gives me chills. Think about it for a moment. Not only does He love you, not only, only does He want to save you and see you in His kingdom, but He wants to have you right there with Him. <laughs> we had a discussion this morning about having kids close by. You know, if you've got, if you've got a kid living in your yard, you know, they come over all the time. I, I didn't mean to step on any toes there, all right? But sometimes space is good, Right? But the love of the Lord is so wonderful. He says, y'all come on over. Anytime, all the time, I want you here. You. With all your warts, with all your, your differences, with everything, all, all your, your, everything that makes you you, unique, things that other people don't like or things that they do like, all, all the characteristics that make you you, you see, God says it's okay because I made you to be you and I want you with me. If that doesn't give you chills, hey, look, you need to ask why. Because we serve an awesome God and God, we live in God's favor. We are welcomed into the family of God. And He prepares that place especially, specifically for us. When we moved into the parsonage 10 years ago, my daughter Rachel, she has, um, I, can't, I can't think of the word, eclectic taste, maybe that's, I don't know. So anyway, she wears Converse tennis shoes, but it's not the same color. Different color tennis shoes different color socks and she says that's the way I like it so she painted her room when we moved in a bright lime green now 
I walk into that room, and when you turn the light on, it's bright. Okay? But that room was especially, specifically decorated with her taste for her. I'm sure, well, maybe you like green. I don't know, lime green, bright. I mean, fluorescent, bright. Chartreuse, even, for all you fishermen. You know what that is. Maybe you like that. But it was specifically decorated for her. In, in the Father's house, you have a place prepared. Now listen, Jesus goes on. There's comfort in the faith that comes in Christ Jesus and the favor that comes in Christ Jesus. But listen to what he says in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There is comfort in our future with the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he says, I'm coming again. Listen, I'm coming again. That's what he said. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. First of all, He has given us the Holy Spirit to live within us when we place our faith and trust in Him. And He guides us, the, the Holy Spirit guides us. But Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you in this old, wicked world for long. I'm going to come again and receive you unto Myself so that where I am, you will be also. He declared that. That's a declarative statement for the English teachers in their place. Right, Miss Katie? Isn't that a declaration, a declarative sentence? All right. He says, I will come again. And then he makes a promise, and receive you to myself. That also is a declarative sentence, but there's a promise in it. I'm coming, and I'm coming for a purpose. I'm coming to get you. And then he says that where you are, where I am, there you will be also. Jesus in John chapter 12, verse 16, talks about the servant. He says, if you follow me, you will be where I am. That's the idea behind that verse. If you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, you will seek the Lord Jesus Christ wherever He may be today. Wherever He may be at work. Wherever He may be at school. When you see the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to want to join in whatever He's doing wherever you are. So Jesus says, my, faith, my servants are faithful when they follow Me, so wherever you are, if the Lord Jesus Christ is working nearby, you're going to be drawn to it, and you're going to want to join in it. His work. Following Him. Working, providing, blessing, healing. Whatever it may be, the Lord Jesus wants you there with Him wherever He is working. But, He's like the, the, the landowner that went to the marketplace to hire workers. And there were some people standing around. He says, why aren't you working somewhere? Nobody's hired us. He says, I'm hiring you now. Get to work. 
Maybe you've thought that the Lord Jesus Christ didn't require anything of you or didn't want anything of you other than just for you to be saved and to sit in the pew and sour like some folks do. This is the truth. Lord Jesus Christ says, get up off of it and come on and join me. Wherever I'm working, I want you there with me working too. Because there's blessing in following the Lord. There's blessing in uh, working with Him. Whatever it is that He's doing, follow Him. Which is the next part. I got ahead of myself. Verse 4. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. How was it that they knew? Well, he had just told them, I'm going to my father's house. So they knew where he was going. They didn't understand it because it was just more than they could comprehend at the time. Because now we look back and we see what has happened. They were looking forward and not, and not seeing what was going to happen. But Jesus says, I'm leaving this world and I'm going to be with the Father. He says, and where I'm going, you know. Because He had shown them. The time that He had walked with them. All the things, the miracles that He had done. They knew he was going to the Father, and He says also, the way to get there, you know. Of course, Thomas goes on and says, wait a minute, we don't know. And Jesus says, oh yeah, I'm the way. Jesus' destination was the Father. Where He came from. And Jesus' destination is our destination. Because He says, where I am, there you will be also. So we are destined to be with God if we are in Christ Jesus, our Lord. But let me say this. In the comfort of following, here's the thing about following, you are not called to lead. Did you hear that? Hang on now. You're not called to lead. He is the head of the church. We are called to follow. If we let Him lead and we follow Him, how can we go astray? In Romans chapter 8, verse 14, it says, for as many as are led by the Holy Spirit, these are the sons of God. You know what's wrong with churches these days? They've got too many leaders. Too many leaders because there's only one. And when we stop and let Him lead and just follow Him, that's when the blessings come. That's when obedience is at its best. That's when the Lord Jesus Christ is head of the church. When He's the leader of the church. You are called to obedience to the leader. The head of the church. Which means you're not responsible for the outcome. You know what that means? That takes a load off. You don't have to be successful in church. You don't have to be successful in witnessing. You don't have to be successful in teaching. You don't have to be successful in serving. All you have to do is be obedient. And follow. The results belong to God. But let me tell you, 
If you are obedient and following, there will be success because Jesus is not going to fail. So let me ask, <laughs> are you following or are you trying to lead? One other thing, when we are not responsible for the outcome, when we are being obedient to the leader, the head of the church, we are not to receive the glory for what He does. Because we always turn to Him and say, He did it. We were just trying to be obedient. We were just following. And He led us to this. He led us through this. He, he blessed us because of this. He did it. There is comfort in following because when you have the leader who is the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot fail. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, you may be also. And where I go, you know. And the way, you know. There is great comfort in the Lord Jesus Christ. In the passage of Scripture that I read earlier about the blind man, you see there's a parallel passage of Scripture in Mark chapter 10 where this guy called Blind Bartimaeus was beside the road as Jesus was leaving Jericho and Blind Bartimaeus cried out because he heard it was Jesus and he had heard about Jesus and, and he was blind and he needed healing. So he cried out, Jesus, Son of David, heal me. And they told him, hush, man. Get over there and stay out of the way. Don't yell at us. Don't holler at us. But he wouldn't quit because he needed Jesus. So he got even louder. Son of David! I need a healing. So Jesus stopped. And when Jesus stopped, he said, bring him over here. Mark chapter 10, verse 49. Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good comfort. Rise. He is calling you. King James Version says comfort. The New King James Version says cheer. I like the word comfort because here's the thing. They told him, be comforted. Here's Jesus. And he wants to see you. Let me tell you today, if you're sitting here in this place, you need the comfort of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't have it, you need it. And here's the Lord Jesus stopping and saying, Call them here. And this is me saying, be of good comfort. Rise up. He's calling you. 
the invitation this morning is going to be you to come and receive comfort from the Lord Jesus Christ. You know what He's spoken to you. You know what the Holy Spirit has revealed to you inside. Will you be obedient? Pray with me, please. My Father, my Lord, my King, as we bow before you, we thank you for the love that you have for us. And though it's undeserved, you give it wonderfully and without limit. So, Father, this morning, I praise you and thank you for that love and the comfort that we get in the Lord Jesus Christ. As we give this invitation now, Father, I know that you're in charge of it. Father, I ask that you accomplish your will, your purpose in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand for a hymn of invitation this morning. Hymn number 300. Hymn number 300, and whatever the Lord has spoken to you,